Oh my god, you guys, I'm falling asleep. The hot tub made me sleepy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Thrones, where the three of us, Jenny, Richard, and I, will talk to you, our listener, our favorite people ever, about the seventh episode of the seventh season. And as of the time of this recording, this catches us up with the entire series just in time for this next week, season eight, to premiere. Oh, and we mean just in time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it'll be the morning that season eight premieres. So, <laughs> <laughs> And Anthony will be laid out with just bottles of Mountain Dew all around. <laughs> uh, Richard, uh, Lord Commander Richard, how are you doing? And what is your initial reaction to this episode? Yeah, this is good. So much great stuff happens in this final episode. There's as much in this one, and it was an hour and a half long, as I think Mm -hmm. most of the jam-packed double episodes that we've been talking about. And, you know, it it almost comes, it it almost kind of answers all the questions that we've had for the last seven seasons. Yeah. Yes, it does. Jenny, uh, you rewatched the entire. You tried to rewatch episode one and two to prepare for the show. End up watching the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, after watching it, well, I think the third time now for you. How 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 was this episode? How did this episode affect you uh, emotionally after rewatching you know, it again? It's just so damn great. It's just great. I mean, I it, more than any other season, I would say that this season feels like one episode right it's just like maybe the first two are kind of like warming up your guns but but from pretty much yeah the reach or whichever the east uh no the one where they get all flamed up by a dragon on the on the in the middle of the westeros then it's just all one big (laughs) ta-da it's just fantastic yeah and you get the culmination of so many great things and also literally the world's most insane cliffhanger <laughs> well, what more could you want? Except I don't know another season of Game of Thrones. Uh, and luckily, they are going to deliver that uh, very shortly. Um, I I watched this episode, and I was so happy that this was a single episode. The first time, by the way, that we've recorded a episode of the podcast regarding a single episode of the show. And this rewatching this really just struck up all those emotions again, and had me on the edge of my seat. And I've already seen this, you know, twice now. So it was it was just crazy for me. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. We are going to start in King's Landing because it's probably the, it's the most action of any of this. There's the most going on, the most characters, and holy crap, it is insane in King's Landing. Um, we we open the episode with the the with Grey Worm leading um, the Unsullied forces. In formation, just outside King's Landing, and right as they get fully formed up, the uh, Dothraki horde comes streaming in with their screams and their yells, and just a huge show of force right outside the gate. Yeah, why? Uh, why are they there? Just the show of force? This was supposed to be a diplomatic event. I mean, would you trust Cersei with diplomatic immunity? <laughs> <laughs> precisely yeah exactly yeah um Um, but can i just say can i just take a moment to say i want you to put yourself in the mind frame which doesn't apply to richard but applies to many of the rest of us take yourself back to august 27 2017 just like back in time that is the last time we saw this show and and this is the episode we're discussing that aired on august 27 2017 like how crazy is that it's been a long time it has a year and a I'm half. I'm sorry. I just I wanted to get that out there because I just saw it and I was like, what? Again, I'm so anyway. glad that I don't have to wait a year and a half between seasons. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so this is the show overall is eight seasons long. It's been in filming for 10 years, not constantly, but overall 10 years from the first filming until the release of the last episode. It's a long time. And for the last last season... 
the last episode of season seven to open up with this huge show of force for, of Danny's troops. And this is just her ground troops. And this isn't even, I doubt all of them. Cause it's not like she shipped everybody to King's landing, but it was pretty impressive. And then people start arriving and that just makes everything completely crazy. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Jamie and Braun are readying the defense. They're readying the, uh, the walls to, for, to defend against the hordes just in case they do crash in. And at this point, when you're watching the show, you don't know exactly why they're there. Is it just a show of force, or did something happen in the meantime, and now Danny's just going to straight up attack King's Landing? And uh, I didn't remember this part, and I, I was pretty excited about it. Right, and that was kind of my question, right? Like, I didn't understand. Wait, what is going on? So, obviously, it was just kind of like, they're there to protect their people. But, yeah, that's cool. But you're right. You have everybody else coming in. You have John and Tyrion, and and their crew, and wow, uh, it so much kind of good conversation as everybody is meeting, and Cersei orders the mountain to basically. I, I wrote this down because I thought this was an awesome line. Kill the silver-haired bitch, our brother, and the bastard who calls himself king, in that order, if anything goes wrong. (laughs) The rest you can kill in whatever order you please. (laughs) Like, it's not even a question. It's just, hey, if things go south, these three, and then just have fun. Um, yeah, it's, and like, the, the most fascinating person in this particular part of the the episode is Cersei because she is she's doing so many things at the same time right like so many things at the same time and you don't know where she stands you know she's not happy about this you know she's always got a plan and I just like watching all of her levels play out at the same time and I think it's not obvious that all of that is going on until we get to the end of this story arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even then, we're we're caught, caught by surprise just the same as one of the characters. Right. So, um, I do have in here, uh, Danny's folks came in by sea because they came in through Blackwater Bay. Uh, everybody except Danny, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Danny's Daenerys Targaryen missing. Yeah. Uh, they are greeted by... Uh, the Lannister folks led by Braun and said, your friends arrived early, which is Brian and Podrick and Brian and the hound have this lovely little conversation and kind of come to this mutual understanding that they were literally just both trying to protect Arya doing what they thought was best. And it's, it's kind of like a, a timid situation for a second. And then it just washes away and they have this understanding. They just move yeah. on. And it's it's a great little moment. Yeah, yeah, and you get some also uh, some good conversation between Tyrion and Bronn, and a, a cool reunion between Tyrion and Pod. So there's just mm-hmm. like all these interactions between people as they come together. I remember yeah. my favorite description on Twitter that is not my description. It was someone else's description, but it stuck with me for all of this year and a half. Was aww. Look at the Hound and Brienne talking about their favorite murder baby. <laughs> like, and I was just like, there is no more perfect description of that than that tweet. It was fantastic. That, that is pretty good. Um, so they, they pile in. John has his own little pagoda. Cersei comes in with her own pagoda. And then all of Danny's folks, to include Tyrion and uh, Jorah, are on the other side, away from John. So it's like this three three sides of a square and everybody's wondering where the hell is Danny? Where's she's not there. Like, where and is I she? so and should have seen this coming. <laughs> One does not simply walk into Mordor learning the lesson that the hobbits knew long ago. Yeah. So she flies in on Drogon, makes a big show of it, uh, comes down and has a seat and apologizes for being late. Like it's just like, oh, yeah, sorry. I was. Let me take my dragon elevator down to your level. <laughs> and it... I stand with the king of the north. Oh, 
There's a guy here yelling, he stands with the king of the north, but I'm using a really good microphone, so all you hear is, (laughs) 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 He's one of those fickle bastards that stands with the king of the north until he stands with somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) I miss hearing that laugh. All right. So we, we end up with with her arriving in and they're they're kind of all you know they're in their respective places and immediately Euron just tries to intimidate Theon and Tyrion just like goes at him mhm yeah and you can't expect him not to this is an opportunity for him to showboat which is what he's all about he's all about his ego and and getting other people to to cower before except that the queen tells him to shut up yeah she doesn't uh, it seems your butt is awful far from your chair um this is when uh when when the hound walks away and comes back carrying a wooden crate this is the wooden crate that he'd already told everybody i'll kill you if anybody touches it uh, you know, he's been product- protective of it. And then he opens it up and he's looking inside and you can tell he's not comfortable with, with what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And he kicks it over and one of the whites comes crawling out and running straight at Cersei. <laughs> this is just amazing. And he yanks yeah. it back. It's on a chain. He yanks it back. And that is just one of the situations like this is the first time you've seen fear in Cersei's face. Genuine fear. Like she did not know what to expect with that and she it was still managed right like she did her best she didn't jump out of her chair she stayed Mm -hmm. like credit where credit is due you sociopath (laughs) but like uh my question is all about mathematics right so like did they do the geometry (laughs) did they measure distance of chain distance of cersei distance of box knocked over at a particular angle till it come right up to her face or did they just kind of like wing it yeah <laughs> right because cersei was not the closest she was one of the farthest people from the box but it still went straight towards her and In purpose yeah yeah and i don't know if that's is like is there something to read into that because the internet sure as heck has but i chose not to and now you're causing me to actually think about it and now i don't like it as much <laughs> but <laughs> watching it on screen was amazing no, it yeah. totally was. And I, think, I that, you know, again, that fact that there was just enough chain to constrain him at just the right time ends up really kind of cutting it cuz you're thinking, wait, they're not stopping him? They're really going to let him attack her? That's crazy. So, yeah. it's it's this last minute save and while she was clearly terrified also, I think Euron might have shit his pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's the other thing that I have to wonder, though. Why not let him attack her? I that's, know. That's that easily ri- real quick. Yeah, that's easily written off as a mistake. <laughs> oh, dang. Sorry. Uh, but now that Cersei's gone, can we just move on with real life now? You know? Yep. Uh, it would have just made things easier. But uh, for the story, I understand it. But that's, that was the only only contradictory thought that I thought in that scene. I didn't even think about the chain being the perfect length. But whatever. Also, honor. Blur, blur, blur. Honor has been the downfall of everyone who's pr- tried to use it in this story. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Um, so the conversation is made, of course. Kyburn loves these little animated dead things. He goes up and wants to have it, and then John takes it away, lights it on fire, and then he kills the white itself by... Oh, but know. don't forget the hand. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what Kyburn went and grabbed a hand and then handed it back to John, and John lit it on fire. And some was it the hound sliced the white in half? Mm. And then John was like, the only thing that can kill him is fire and dragon glass and stabs it with dragon glass and it dies. And then Cersei comes up with the idea, well, we will send our armies north as long as I get assurances from the king of the north that they will not attack me right afterwards. Uh, can you make this vow or whatever? And you, you'll stay out of any conflict that, that erupts between Daenerys and Cersei. And John, nope, being, nope, the, nope. being the honorable one he is, as he can't The honorable vow, dum-dum can't bow to another queen because he already serves one yeah here he goes again 
And suddenly Cersei's like, fine, then fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she takes her mountain and she goes home. <laughs> oh my god! And this is uh, this is everybody's mad at, at 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 John, but they all kind of understand. But even even Tyrion's like, would it hurt you to just lie once in a while? <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, I wrote down John's response there because I thought this was just a a beautiful line. He says, "When enough people." Make false promises. Words stop meaning anything. Then there are no more answers. Only better and better lies. Oh my God! Art parallels life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just and all the dialogue in this episode. It must be on like they drafted fifty-four copies because it's all so on point and perfectly laid out and just great. Yeah. Tyrion makes Agree. a decision. Yeah, Tyrion makes a decision. Well, let me go talk to Cersei after she storms out with all her people, and nobody wants him to go. But he says, "I'm going to go anyway because it's the only shot we and got." And Jamie's is he on goes, his way out because he just failed at trying to do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and in between there, there's a little scene between uh, Jamie and Brienne where Brienne is like, you know, who cares about honor? Even though they're both really honorable people in their own way. She's like, who cares about honor? This is about life. And he just, like, she's like, go talk to her. And he's like, but, and say what? Turns around and walks away. Um, hmm. So Tyrion arrives in, in, in Cersei's quarters. Actually, it's not even Cersei's quarters. It's actually the, the council room of mm-hmm. the small council room. And Richard, how did you see this playing out? Because this, this conversation is one of those that many people have speculated about this whole year and a half. Really? Okay. So this was, you know, Tyrion trying to be the master of words like he always is, but he's, he's kind of not up for the task yet. Like he hesitates. He does goad her to kill him a little bit, like make, making, you know, making a little bit of light, I think of the fact that she ultimately really still wants him dead, even though she now knows he's not responsible although for her son's death. Although I don't know if he knows she knows that. She obviously doesn't. <laughs> and then he's like, I need some wine. And he pours some wine for both of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, they talk and she makes some gestures that help him come mm-hmm. to the conclusion that she's claiming she's pregnant. <laughs> I like your wording. She's claiming she's well, pregnant. Well, I mean, right? He says, oh my God, you're pregnant. Again, I think yep. she is claiming to be pregnant, but we'll find so out So who eventually. do you think was, do you think, do you think Cersei was playing him in this and goading him to get that or... Did she slip up and he just picked it up from his intuition? Oh, no. Um, It's all planned. Yeah, it's absolutely planned. It's absolutely planned because it helps him believe that she'll stand behind them if, in fact, she agrees with him. Mm -hmm. And he totally buys it. He manages, he thinks, to talk her into... Doing the right thing and working with Danny. And the reason that she's going to do it is because there needs to be a world for her child to live in. Right. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> Cersei's pregnant like I'm a fish. <laughs> Well, no. <laughs> um, so Tyrion goes and heads back to the Dragon Pit, which is where everybody else is waiting, and says, "Well, we talked. I don't know how it went. She says she's help- she she she. We'll find out. And then here comes Cersei walking back into the Dragon Pit, right as Looking all classy. Yeah, right as John and Danny are having this nice little conversation off to the side." About babies. Also about babies. <laughs> yes. Hi. 
Welcome it's, to General Horse. I guess, oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost as if she's talking to him like, hey, if we have a relationship, I can't have children, so don't plan on that. That's almost Literally like, you know. pre-having the conversation. Right, yeah. Right, exactly. And he's like, well, how do you know that? And she said, well, because some witch told me. And he's like, well, how is that reliable? <laughs> the witch that killed your first husband? <laughs> yeah. It's a really good scene, and it reminds you that Jon Snow like grew up around horses, you know? So, like, probably knows a little bit about something. And, like, I don't know. It was just a very practical, Starkian thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cersei agrees to send um, the Lannister army north. Yep. That's that's the end of the of the accord. Yes, definitely north. Yes. Absolutely. Indeed. And she says, uh, well, hopefully when all this is done... You'll remember that I that I helped out without any promises from any of you. Almost like trying to lay a guilt trip for later. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah. But then she mm-hmm. leaves. Yep. And they 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 feel it's a a sort of a victory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until just like two scenes later. <laughs> so Jamie's standing on the in the little courtyard with the map, and he's got all of his generals there, and he's. Telling them when they're going to go and what to do, and he's convincing them. He's he's getting buy-in. Uh, well, if we start heading north now, then we're not going to have the food. Well, if we don't head north, we're not going to have lives. You know that kind of stuff. Um, and Cersei excuses all the lords and wants to talk to Jamie herself. And Never she, good. yeah, she tells him, "No, we're not heading north. I just wanted to get them off our back. Meanwhile, we're going to fortify everything we have down here. Whoever wins up north, well, hopefully they'll wipe each other out." And when they head south to come to us, they'll be already wiped out and we'll be full health and ready to go. Jamie, he swore an oath to to help. That's what he did. And now she's telling him not to do that. Yeah. And so Euron is on this mission to get the the golden whatever they are. The golden company. The golden company. And apparently he wasn't really all that frightened he just needed an opportunity to get away oh and Mm -hmm. um by the way that's totally in line with his character yeah (laughs) it played perfectly all of it did and this is all this has been Cersei's plan this whole time this whole meeting was planned without without Jamie without knowing anything right and the pivotal thing that makes the folks that, that makes Danny, John, Tyrion, etc. believe it is, I think, because Tyrion saw that she was pregnant or came to the conclusion yep. that she was pregnant. That's why he believes her. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the selling, the selling That's point. why I mean, she's not pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. Jamie... Uh, Jamie says, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ride north. It's what it's worth to do. And she said, no, no one walks away from me. T- tells the mountain to prepare to kill him. Jamie challenges her that she, won't, um, that she won't give the order for him to kill her. And he starts walking away. And she lets him go. Yeah. It's the one time her bluff is called. Or her, the one time it's like a bluff. It, well, it, yeah. it was Hello. a bluff because he didn't. I don't believe she actually told the mountain to kill him. The mm-hmm. mountain, I believe the mountain just kind of stood at attention, ready to prevent him from leaving. Right. Okay. Yeah, he, he pulled his sword half out and was like ready to, to attack if necessary. But either way, Jamie leaves. Uh, he, he goes ahead and takes his horse and starts riding north. And you see snowflakes falling and King's Landing. So winter winter has come. Well, that only took seven years. <laughs> One of the theories is that the axis and the orbit of this planet around its uh around its star is elliptical and therefore Oh, they have yeah. unusual. No, no, seasons. no, no. Absolutely, I get it. I mean, I understand the physics behind it, 
but they've been yeah. talking about no, winter coming for Since literally one seven years of this show. <laughs> and much longer according to show timeline. Because <laughs> we're at we're at like 10 or 12 years or something like that now of show time, you know, of story time. Um, King's Landing and Richard, like now that we've wrapped up there, what were the big hits for you? I loved the entrance on the dragon. I thought that was amazing. I liked seeing Cersei in a moment of vulnerability when she realized that these things are bad and they have reason to be concerned. I went back to hating her again as soon as you find out that it's all a ruse. Yes. Yep. So, you know, I have to assume that to end this series on any note that fans will be happy with, she will get her due at some point. And I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) <laughs> Who says, though, that anyone in Game of Thrones ever gets their due? Uh, well, hold, check that. All part. right. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, exactly, that quandary itself, let's go to Winterfell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, last week, uh, Jenny and I had all kinds, she was asked, had all kinds of questions on what I thought was going on between Sansa and, and Arya. And now, Richard, you know why she had so many questions, because this does not play out in a linear, easy-to-follow fashion. And it's done, I think, for the the point of the show, for the cliffhanger, but it's still, even re-watching it, it's amazing that it ends up the way that it did. Well, yeah, and I think, so, you're, we're, we're talking about the, the scene where Sansa and Arya are... Sansa has Arya brought to the Great Hall as Littlefinger is there watching and he's just looking on in glee because... Like mm-hmm. the cat that swallowed right. the canary. He figures he has done it. So we've seen these scenes over the course of the last few episodes where he's been trying to manipulate them mm-hmm. and turn mm-hmm. them against each other. And he thinks that he has managed to oh, accomplish that. Funny. But... Yep. They're and, on to him. And this is one of the things. So just before she calls him, they have a, a Sansa and or just before Sansa calls Arya, Sansa and Littlefinger have a nice little conversation. And she's like, well, why would she do it? And he says, well, when I think about other people, I play a little game. I try to imagine what the worst reason is that they would do something. And he takes her through this whole thing about how, you know, what, what, what would she do? She, she would, you know, give the letters to the lords. And why would she do that? Because they would lose faith in me. And if she did that, then, you know, what would she be able to do? She'd be able to kill me. And then if she killed you, what would that make her? That make her Lady of Winterfell. And it's like this perfect setup. And you're thinking, man, there's, that's a decent case against Arya. Mm-hmm. Not, not realizing that that's, that's Littlefinger laying out the case against him. <laughs> <laughs> so Sansa is in the Great Hall. She calls for Arya. Arya comes forward, is escorted forward. And Sir, uh, Sansa does this wonderful thing where she says, you are charged with treason and murder. How do you answer these charges? Dot, dot, dot. She turns her head. Yeah, she turns her head and says, Lord Baelish. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> and uh, was it, oh, I can't remember his name, Gaiden something. His acting on this, like, he his facial expression is genuine surprise. Oh, yeah, he is gobsmacked. Yeah. The he, one time. And he has no clue what's going on. And he's like, what? Me? Yeah. That's his literal face. Me? Yep. So Sansa confronts him and said, you know, you created this, this, uh, or you tried to create this um, uh, uh, terror between us. And really, if you look back at it, 
you're responsible for all this bad shit that happened. It's mm-hmm. all you. And and she frames it in a way which she starts with the things that she witnessed herself. You threw Aunt Lysa through the moon door. She was there. She saw mm-hmm. it. Uh, you poisoned John Aaron, and then had Lysa take the the heat. You know, take the then write the letter to give the heat back to the San, the Lannisters. Something she overheard herself, like she was there when they had the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of branches out from the things that she directly observed to the things that she's only heard of. And finally, it ends with with uh, uh, Bran coming in and with the the final little stake in the in the heart, and it's just over. Yeah, because Bran can corroborate what he knows as the three eyed like Raven. All of human yeah. history. Yeah, none of you were there. None of you know. And Bran's like. Uh, you held a, a knife to his throat. You said, I told you not to trust me. <laughs> and Littlefinger's face is just awash with angst at that point. Like He has no clue where to go or what to do. He's, he's done. And that's the thing that we saw foreshadowed a couple episodes ago where Bran mentions something that he had said, chaos, chaos is a is ladder. And there's ladder. no way Remember? that he would have known that. No way. Yep. Yeah. Remember, you remember how many times I oh, said I that in, in previous podcasts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember. Were you ready for it? Were you ready for oh, it? Oh, that was brilliant. That was just absolutely. Yeah. So now the other thing that she mentions here, that Sansa mentions here, is that he, Littlefinger, is responsible for the Stark-Lannister conflict. Mm-hmm. Explain that mm-hmm. one to me. The knife that the 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 whole reason that the the Starks started looking at the Lannisters for the reason that you know for Brand falling was because of the knife, the knife by the the little the cut. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then Littlefinger's the one that said, "I lost this knife to Tyrion Lannister," which is why Tyrion got taken at the uh, end of the end of the the plot points and taken to the Vale. So he, that point is when they started looking at Lannisters as the reason that their son got hurt. And that's what caused the initial rift between them. Got it. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Absolutely so, br- beautiful. So, yeah. Um, let's see. She says something like, you know, maybe we should play your little game now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she says, uh, "When, whenever I, I question someone's motives, I, I like to play a little game." <laughs> and she she goes and he quotes him exactly what he said before, and his face is that. That's when okay, he's like, "I got to get out of here. I got to find a way to get out of here." He even asked the Knights of the Vale. He bully demands them take me back to the uh, back to the Vale, and they're like, "No, right." And he turns around and starts begging Sansa. You know, I I loved your mother. And yet you betrayed her. I loved you, and yet you betrayed me. <laughs> and Sansa's just not backing down. It's over. And she gives a little nod to Arya, and Arya walks up, and Littlefinger starts to starts to beg one more time, and Arya slices his throat with a Valyrian dagger. Yay! And that's the end of Littlefinger. Yay! <laughs> Finally, some kebabs. <laughs> okay, but here's a question. I sure hope they cut his head off or burned him or else he's going to be zombie little finger. (laughs) (laughs) Zombie finger. Well, they are, they are at Winterfell. They would, well, no, it's at the wall that they burn everyone. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think anyone told them to burn people. Um. And, well, no, I'm not allowed to talk about things we saw in the trailer. Never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you can talk about things you, you saw in the trailer. I will watch the trailer. I just don't want to speculate yeah. about you know theories that people are drawing for next season. I saw Varys running in the catacombs. 
and being very afraid. And if I was Varys, the only thing I would be afraid of is zombie little finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. These are I don't also, think that counts really as speculation, but it's awesome. These are also the same catacombs that looked like Arya was running for her life in. Yeah. So I think they stuck everybody down there. There's a lot of, a lot of scary stuff. Okay, and after that, Sansa and Arya are go up to the the parapets in front of the, uh, above the gate of Winterfell and have a nice little conversation, remembering remembering Ned Stark and reciting the the Stark poem, I guess, the creed of the Stark family. You know, the lo- uh, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Mm. It was nice. Aww. It was it was touching. It was it, it was worked. nice. So I guess they are on. Good ground now. I mean, yeah. I would, I would assume they they didn't run off holding hands into a daisy field, but I, I think they might be good. Oh, okay. Well, hey, um, there's one other thing going on at Winterfell. Sam. Mm-hmm. 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 Look who's here. Sam arrives with Gilly and little Sam at Winterfell. Yep. Now, this shows how much time has passed because King's Landing is a 30-day ride. It's about a month's right. ride from, from Winterfell. Old Town is on the opposite side of Westeros from King's Landing. So not only do you have to, like, unless there's some really quick shortcut to get through there, it's going to add more time to, to Sam and Gilly's trip. I feel like they took the cross Westerosi Expressway and got there in under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a guess. If I were them, I would cut across, except uh, it's hard to know what's safe, less safe. Is cutting across the middle of a country where there was just a dragon, right? That mm-hmm. devoured people on the, the road into old uh, King's Landing. Or like taking going straight and then going straight north. Like, none of it's very safe. Right. Probably the safest thing to do is actually go up the the west coast and cut over. I'm, like, so good with driving directions, you guys. <laughs> we I'm going to spend the rest of this podcast looking at a map of Westeros. Well, I actually <laughs> really want to now take a good look at a map of Westeros to get a better feel for this because I think that will help me in season eight, and I probably should have done it long, long ago. Well, there was a map on the floor the whole time. <laughs> no, not until just a couple episodes ago. So, you know, the, the, the thing that is kind of striking to me here is that I, I guess we should have assumed that that much time had passed because we had the whole thing with the guys above the wall, and they were searching and searching and searching, and all we had a lot of stuff happen in the time between now and when we last saw Sam, even though it it's really only been like two show hours. Right. They could have probably had another baby on the trip to that from Old Town to Winterfell. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, and Sam... Sam's got a key piece of information for Bran that Bran hasn't seen yet. As much as Bran thinks, well, I can see all the past and everything going on now, he doesn't see everything because he hasn't known to look for everything. Yeah, you've got to have like a map. Yeah, and Bran says that, well, we need Sam's on his way, or John's on his way here. We have to, I have to tell him the truth. Sam's like, well, the truth about what? And Bran says the truth about himself. Oh, we shouldn't go there yet. Yeah. We really shouldn't go there yet. Okay, off to Dragonstone we go. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) After these messages. Danny is in the war room with her small council, plus... And they're deciding how to go to Winterfell because that's their next stop. That's the next place they got to go is Winterfell. Should they go by sea, by land, by air? It's kind of, kind of up in the uh, uh, choice field now. And Delta. <laughs> 
was it Davos? No, 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 no. Um, uh, uh, Mormont. Jorah. Jorah Mormont. I keep thinking Jorah, but that was, that was his dad. Jorah Mormont wants to go by, by sea as far as they can and then have her fly in so that she isn't risked, isn't lost on the, on the field, you know, on the way there. A lot of, uh, a lot of Northerners aren't going to be happy to see you. And it only takes one arrow for you to have your entire legacy washed down the drain. John says we should go by land. We want the people to see you. We want them to understand that you're not here to conquer. You're here to join and to, to rally. And she looks at the two of them and it's time to make a decision between the old man that loves her and the young man that loves her. And she chooses John. <laughs> oh, she does. Yes. Yes, she does. And well, people have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the nicest way to put that. So that, that scene cuts away. John is leaving. He's preparing the boats or he's going to go down and prepare the boats. Theon catches him in the, the throne room of Dragonstone and says, has this nice little part about how he always had to make a choice between doing what he felt was right and doing what he felt he should do. And it, it was never easy because he's a Greyjoy, even though he's raised by Starks. And John says, no, you don't have to choose. You're a Greyjoy and a Stark. And he says, for, I forgive you for what I can, but it's not my place to forgive you for everything. It's a nice little moment. Okay, then Theon heads out to the boats where his, all the other Greyjoy people, all the other uh, um, islanders are packing up, getting ready to leave. And the big bad leader dude says, why are you here? Well, because we got to go get my sister. Yeah, but no. She's lost. She's dead. We're, we're not going to go get her. Yes, we mm. are. And the scuffle ensues because that's how the Iron Islands do things. You win by power. <laughs> And Theon just refuses to give up. Like, what is this guy going to do to Theon that he hasn't already been through? And he takes yeah. a beating. And he keeps on saying, yeah. if you get up again, I'm going to kill you. And he just keeps on taking a beating. He eventually manages to get a swing in that takes the other guy down. Yeah? Well, specifically, he gains an advantage by... The classic Tony Stark tried to poison him in the heart with a maneuver because he gets kicked in the nuts, but they ain't no nuts. <laughs> and so that gives him one advantage. And he yeah. takes what, is, it. what does he yep. do? I forget it. Does he does he punch him or does he headbutt him? I forget what he he headbutts him initially and then starts beating yeah. him. Yeah. Yep. And that was kind of a nice callback. Like, hey, here's the thing that uh, you already know about me, but you didn't you didn't think to take advantage of uh okay well i'm gonna do i'm gonna go ahead and take you down with this and he beats the crap out of him and theon stands up and says it's not for me it's for yara and all the other men echo for yara for yara and off they go and that's the last we see of theon for for now because he was the bigger badder guy in the fight oh i hate the way they do this hate it yeah, I like the fact that he's got all this blood and all these wounds on his face, and he's been beaten to a pulp, and he goes out to the water to wash his face with the salt water. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that's like a... I could see that being a, a Greyjoy thing or a, a Iron Islands thing. Like, oh, yeah, you got to wash your... Cleanse, cleanse your wounds with salt water, you know, and just deal with the pain. Or if he just wasn't thinking, he just wanted to clear his eyes. I don't know. It's just an interesting aspect for me. Yep. And... And scene. And next time we catch up with anybody from Dragonstone, they are on the boat. Yeah. They have set sail. Yep. On a big ship. And nothing happens. <laughs> nothing at all. Nope. <laughs> nothing. Nope. Well, well, there's that one thing with John. Like, he was just wandering around, right? Just checking, checking some doors and... Taking a peek in different places? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, right. And so he swings by Danny's place. Right. It's got a Targaryen symbol. Maybe maybe that's special. Maybe that's something. Just a safety check. Yeah. Just a safety check. Yeah. And, and she opens the door, sees him there. They, they glance at each other, and she opens the door a little wider, and he steps in. And then the door closes, and the door is being watched by one each Tyrion Lannister. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he doesn't know how he feels about that one. Uh, well, we can get into that in here in a minute, but Danny knows exactly how she feels about it. Yeah, because they're making out, and within minutes, they're butt naked. Brown yeah. chicken, brown cow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not to mention much talk on the internet in August 28th, 2017 of the perfect majesty of the maybe it's his, maybe it's the stunt doubles, but <laughs> just putting that out there so we can all remember the slightly innocent times of August 28th, 2017, when all anyone on Twitter was talking about was Jon Snow's perfect behind. Hmm. Okay. That does happen. Um, here's the thing, though. During that scene, the reason we were so distracted with that scene is because there was the simultaneous thing going on back at Winterfell. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this nobody was... gets to, Nobody gets away clean. No, 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 no. Uh, Bran says, well, John is not a snow. He's a sand. Mm. He was, because Which means he was born in Dorne. Because he was born in Dorne. Bon and Don, as they say in Baston. <laughs> and to, to Rhaegar Targaryen is, is his father. Well, isn't that interesting? So now he's a, Sam, he's a bastard of Rhaegar Targaryen. And Sam says, wait, 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 wait. There's this I remember when Gilly was yelling at me about stuff and I wasn't paying attention, but really I was paying attention. Now that pays off. <laughs> Gilly's throwaway line. Uh, well, Rhaegar wasn't married. He, he annulled and then remarried Um. Lyanna Stark. No, 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 yeah, yeah. So he annulled uh, Ilya of Dorne, Ilya something of Dorne, and uh, remarried Lyanna in a beautiful ceremony beside a tree, which we actually get to see thanks to the green site, Bran's green site. Yep. And uh, yeah, so Jon Snow's real name is not Jon Snow or Jon Sand. It's Aegon uh, like, Targaryen. Yeah, Blink-On Targaryen. Or so. Aegon, Aegon right? Targaryen. Which is actually crazy, because that's just like Aegon the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that... Uh, wait, was the Targaryen who was his mentor up at the Wall also an Aegon? No, it was Aemon. Aemon. But a- his brother was Aegon. Yes. Wow. So confusing. But the bottom line is, he's the heir... To the throne. Legit. And also, Daenerys' nephew. That she just now, while they're talking about that, is stupid. (laughs) Oh, edible timing, I'll tell you. But it also, like... This is Targaryen tradition, to be honest, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the Targaryen side, honestly, there's literally nothing wrong with it. Like there, this is like so many degrees more separated than they normally do. Yeah, like these are people that marry their sister. Yeah, uh, I think on the Stark raised side, there's going to be a little bit of a problem there, like a Jon Snow like huge regret situation going on that is going to make this probably the one and only time that they, you know, go at it. Well, uh, until they and- find out, right? Yeah, right. Well, you're right. 16 more times on the boat. But after that, uh, <laughs> they are definitely going... Well, someone's going to be freaked out about this. And I, I'm not 100% sure it's going to be Daenerys. Yeah. Especially since very likely she's also going to be Pregu. What? Just... Pregnant. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, yes. That that has to happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> So then we're going to have season nine, Muppet Baby Game of Thrones. Yeah, no. (laughs) Where fake Cersei baby and real Targaryen baby face off in the nursery. So here's my question. (laughs) In the baby pit? (laughs) In the baby pit. So here's my question. question, Back to Tyrion. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know this, does he? 
Well, that's a really good question. Okay, that is a question I think we should wait until after we finish the last scene of the, of, the, of the episode. Because that gets into, uh, I wouldn't even say internet uh, speculation. That gets into me and Jenny's speculation. Because yeah. we've actually talked about this before. Oh, okay. Thoughts. Okay, so the last scene of the of the show shows East Watch by the Sea, which you can now definitely see is by the sea. There's no doubts about it. It's the end of the wall. And the wall goes it's actually probably, really cool. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's multiple levels and it's kind Architecturally of Architecturally very cool. Yeah. And you kind of get to see how the wall was made here because it's not just a big wall. You can actually see the layers. The layers of the wall on both sides. Mm-hmm. Really pretty cool. Can you, Richard, describe the moment that you saw this all go down and what it was like for you? Well, I mean, part of me was thinking, oh, okay, finally, right? Because we've had some conversation offline where I feel like the seven years of buildup to this threat was kind of along the lines of, we know you have weapons. We're going to come in there and get you because we know you have weapons. So just so you know, we're going to be coming in there and, you know, uh, you better be ready. With weapons. I, it's just, it was just, it was, I feel like this was too long coming. Now, that said, we get this spectacular scene where we... You know, we we know we're going to see the dragon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh my god, I love it! Blue fire, of course, of course, he shoots <laughs> blue flames. Yes. And the Night King being like, "Yeah, whatever, I'm on a dragon." <laughs> Everything's super cool. In, in in the way they introduce this, so you have one of the White Walkers come out, and you know, on a horse with his little magical, uh, well, his little ice spear. We can only assume it's magical. Right. He comes out first, and it just like so it looks like a rider approaching, no big deal. And then the forest behind him begins to move, and the forest is just full of whites coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the and way, Bran is seeing this. Yeah, he, yeah, he's watching it by uh, through Greensight with the through warging the with the uh, with the ravens, and. This massive army approaches, and as you as you, as it pans out from there. You can actually see the like the length of the wall, like not the whole thing, but you can see off into the distance the wall. You can see nothing but this huge army of the dead and all the generals st- sitting out front. And you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? And where's the Night King? And what happens? You hear it. You flap. hear the flaps. Flap. 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 And he comes through and he's already deteriorated. Like it's, I don't know how long this has been since the big fight up north, but... He's already started to deteriorate. He's still flying. He starts breathing the blue flame. And Tormund and everybody at Eastwatch just starts running. Just running. Just get away. The, he, the, the, the dragon attacks. The wall holds up for the first couple attacks. And then he st- sits in one place and is just hovering. The dragon's just hovering at the wall and blows this flame and concentrates it on one spot. And that spot just completely collapses. Yep. And then after that, it was like dominoes. He just starts blasting everything else, and the wall just tumbles down. So, okay, here I have a problem. Because... Oh, Rich. I know, I know. Again, <laughs> physics. But he blows this hole in the wall. It tumbles yeah. down. And what you end up with is a huge mountain of snow. And he keeps on... Yeah. He keeps on blowing down additional parts of the wall, I believe all the way out to the sea. Mm-hmm. But if they all fall the same way that that first section did, why isn't there a huge mountain of snow at the sea where the wall fell? Because it's ice melting. It's, it's fire, right? Think of it as fire, but blue. <laughs> so it has the same melting properties as fire. Okay. So it's not just like a force. You would think it was like blue lasers because we're used to like lasers being blue that would leave a pile of rubble. But I think it's actually just same properties as fire. So it's melting it. But melt. So it's melting it at the same time as it's 
dropping it. Admittedly, a stretch because we're so used to thinking of blue as cold, but also you could think of blue as really, really hot. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I get that. But it just seems like it. It was convenient that oh, and we just happened to clear this space now where they can walk around the end of the wall, and the flood begins. Math. Yep. Math. Yeah, like math. Physics aside, this is an amazing scene. So much CG. This this one scene right here probably had the budget of several of the older episodes. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I could see that. It's just insane. This was not by any means my favorite White Walker battle scene. I think that still mm. is uh, Hard Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It's not a dr- battle even. It's just a reveal. And also, the dragon's magic was powerful enough to counteract the wall's magic. Because remember, there's all these spells woven into the wall. Yep. Well, supposedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Now, one of the questions that I have for you, Richard, after all this is gone, did you pay attention to the the armies as they went across the wall, as it panned up and you saw the army walking across the wall? Did you look at, at just, did you notice anything weird about it? Obviously, I did not. Okay. When you watch it again, because you will, because I'm about to tell you this, and you're going to have to watch it again, the armies of the dead form what may be the shape of a wolf in their formation as they're crossing the wall. Hmm. I didn't believe it either, and then I rewatched it, and I rewatched it, and it's there. Like you can, hmm. you can see the Stark sigil in the armies as they're walking across the wall. Is that like their their GPS? I I just I maybe it was just an Easter egg, a graphical Easter egg that they put in there just to see if anybody would notice, and the the entire internet did. Or maybe it's or, a Rorschach test for the internet. It it could be. And I'm not saying it's not, but it, it was interesting enough for me to remember. And similar to uh, to, to uh, Longclaw last episode, so wolves are important. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now can we get back to yeah uh, our own personal thoughts on where we're going to go in season eight, Richard? I would like to hear from you where, where you think it's going to go and how we're going to go forth with this season. Well, the fact that Danny and John are related really puts the screws on this because there was a moment we had maybe a couple minutes where we thought oh they could basically rule together that would be awesome yeah but that's probably less likely now well yes and no so one thing i'll throw in here is that Interestingly, Aegon the Conqueror ruled with his <clears throat> sister wives, uh, and each of them rode a dragon, and they all rode around. Now, there's one less dragon to ride, so probably only two, but uh, there's something to be said for that, which is that they could rule side by side, but the person who's just going to have the most problem with that, besides everybody in Winterfell, P.S., is John. John was not raised to be an auntie plucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now there, there's a few other things that I want to, I want to bring up. Uh, there's a lot of theories about Tyrion. And yes. the only one that I care about, the only one that makes any sense to me, the only one that, that early on brought my, had my thoughts before I even saw it on the internet was that Tyrion may not be a Lannister. Okay. He may actually be a bastard child of a Targaryen, <laughs> which would explain which would explain not only why the dragons like him too. Why the dragons like him? It would explain why his father hates him or hated him before he died. You know, not just because he's an imp, but because he was a bastard child of an yep. Ill- illicit affair. And if that's the case, does Tyrion know that, and is that why he's so concerned with John and Danny? Because maybe he knows about John. Because this is a learned man. Yeah, the learned man thing is definitely like he could put this together faster than anybody. 
Mm-hmm. But he could have also put it together faster about himself. And again, just because we don't know things doesn't mean characters don't know things. Hmm. Right. So what, what do you think about all that, Richard? Um, that makes things interesting. I kind of wish I didn't know that. Ha 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 ha. Richard doesn't like pre-theoretical spoilers, even though the Tom Merritt rules state that it can't be a spoiler because we don't know if it's yeah, going to Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, and I think it's funny. You know, I mentioned earlier that the reason... Like I stopped listening to Spoiler in Time, or at least most of it, for stuff that I haven't already completely watched because I don't like being spoiled ahead. I don't like the idea of talking about the theories that people have about the future. That mm-hmm. that kind of ruins it for me. And I think it's funny that uh, you know we have we have Brian on that show who won't who basically doesn't want to see trailers because they spoil (laughs) (laughs) well then we have nothing more to discuss tonight (laughs) yeah so i I mean i want to watch the trailer i definitely want to watch the trailer and i'm looking forward to seeing you know what the uh, future of the show holds i think there are a lot of interesting paths it could go down i i i want some payoff for the white walker thing because like I said, it feels like it's been such a big, bad, looming thing for so damn long that it had better be good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll get some some hints that pay off in the spoiler, or not the spoiler, in the in the trailer, uh, and the you know the teaser, the preview, all that stuff. But one good thing about it is. Just like all the other seasons, it doesn't give you anything. It just kind of hints at a lot of stuff, but it doesn't give you anything. There's there's a lot of times if you go back and watch the trailers for the previous seasons now that you've seen them all, it'll make sense to you, but you'll know that it only makes sense to you because you've seen it. And that's how I think this last trailer is, and it's it's beautiful. It rivals... It rivals Better Call Saul in its trailer non-specificity. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's saying a lot, actually. Yeah, either, I either want to watch a trailer and know nothing, or I want to watch a trailer and like Deadpool. Deadpool is a great trailer because everything that happened in the trailer happened in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, no, it, gave you, it, it gave you actual movie footage in order, with, but it didn't give you anything of the story because nothing, it, it all happened so early in the movie. There's nothing like, you're, you know, it's good. Um, now, now, one thing I will say is... There had better be some dragon on dragon fighting. Oh, that's yeah, that's and right. think of the drama that's going to cause with Danny when she sees right. Viserion, undead Viserion, right? Viserion, that's going to be awesome. Don't you have somewhere you need to be, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> so many theories. Ah, uh, no, we can do <laughs> well. We can do you can do after show stuff, and I'll yeah. leave. No, I gotta go. I gotta go eat pizza. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, do we want to talk a little bit about how we're going to do this going forward? Because we're going to mix it up. It's going to be a little different. We're going to go episode by episode. We are. We've decided we're not going to record night of. We're going to record the following evening, and hopefully, I'll get every uh, sent out that night. So our new episodes will drop at the. On Monday nights, typically, and we are going to go episode episode by episode, and we're going to probably well, I'll probably watch it twice before we get a chance to record. Yeah. So. Yep. Yikes. Samesies, you guys, it's going to be wild, and there is a decent possibility, decent, that there might be some guest stars coming along to talk to us. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to that. I think that will be a yeah. lot of fun. We slogged through the mud for eight, seven wonderful seasons together, and now we're bringing in the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and one other thing I can I can almost promise you is that uh, going here on out, we will have all three of us on the show because I think if we don't, we will. Uh, I think we will reschedule around because I just don't see it happening. With also probably one of us will be dead if that happens. <laughs> Because I'm not missing it. <laughs> yeah, the only thing uh, I worry about is my. They were work the last words schedule. Jenny ever said. Yeah, uh, if, if we have travel or something like that going on, we, we will just have to arrange around it. But yeah, um, 
thank you guys so much for for listening to us for seven seasons of Game of Thrones. We can't wait to see the eighth, and we hope you will join us for each of those as well and provide your feedback at Let's Talk About Thrones at gmail.com. It's going to be so rad. You and guys. Jenny, where can people find you as the radness? Oh, you should go on April 16th. April 16th, people. You should go to infinitegain.co. And something really cool is going to be up there. Ooh. That's all I'm going to say. It's not a new podcast. <laughs> I would not do that to everybody who's so mad at me already. Repeat, not a new podcast. <laughs> it's something I'm not allowed to announce until April 16th. Okay. Cool. How about you, Richard? People can find me on Twitter at Richard Gunther. And I also host a couple of podcasts. You can find them over at thedigitalmediazone.com. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Ethan Kane, E-T-H-A-N-C-A-I-N-E. I had to put a little flourish on there. <laughs> hey, and guys uh, and gals. We did it. We will talk to you next time there's new material. Amazing. And see. Oh, and Anthony, this is great for audio. Anthony is now showing us his map of Westeros. Oh my gosh, I wish I had a camera. <laughs> where's that? Where's screen capture? Somebody so, do a screen capture. So, so this is Old Town. This is terrible and, radio, Anthony. <laughs> but, but that's why we can cut it. So you go from Old Town all the way over here to King's Landing, and this is a 30-day trek up to Winterfell. So it's probably another two weeks' worth of time to get to Old Town. So you're looking at six weeks. Six weeks' travel from Old Town to Winterfell by the most direct route, and I'm sure they didn't take the most direct route. Yeah, they took the bypass. The back roads. <laughs> <laughs>